and welcome to LA Redux, a weekly podcast about news in Los Angeles. I'm here with Alex Schmidt. Good evening. And joining us, a very special guest, Eve Bachrock uh, of LA Review of Books. Hello. Uh, Monday morning. Monday morning, I woke up uh, to a startling email. I was startled uh, because the email was startling. Uh, Richard Reardon, his, uh, his attempt to gather signatures for, uh, for his pension measure is no more. It is done. He is not doing it anymore. Alex, were you surprised? Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, it seemed it was certainly um, the sort of narrative thread of the mayoral race had become the narrative thread of the mayoral race because it was sort of the focal point upon which uh, the candidates uh, were debating pension reform, which seems to be kind of the only differentiator among them at this time. I, I think that's right. Um, I, I personally had been covering this for LA Weekly, and I was every day barraged by emails, uh, both from uh, his campaign, who uh, the spokesman for which is this journal or former journalist named John Schwada, and from the policemen's union, and they were just going back and forth every day. And all of a sudden, it, it was over, and uh, it was surprised. He um, let's see, they had gathered uh, more than a hundred thousand signatures. They needed more than. They needed 265,000 valid signatures, so they needed to gather basically more than 300,000. And um, apparently, the um, the story anyway is that they decided that they weren't going to make it. They they had a self-imposed deadline of December 28th, and they decided that they weren't going to make it. I was actually wondering if this effort was a victim of the disintegration of the California Republican Party, because uh, uh, signature gathering is really like it's all about organization. You really need to have a team of people to go out and do that. And uh, California Republican Party barely exists anymore. Uh, it's a, such an interesting theory. Um, I, I don't know the answer to that. I know that unions were counter-organizing. Uh, they were basically sending their their organizers out to try to convince people either not to sign or people that had signed to sign a petition that said, oh, I, I take it back, uh, which apparently is allowable somehow. Um, I'm wondering, I mean, maybe you have some insight since... Should I not say that you're doing no, the no. Kevin James thing? No, no. Okay. Hillel is going to be doing a profile of Kevin James, who's sort of the outsider candidate uh, running for mayor. Um, and I'm just wondering, you know, how he's going to fill this little vacuum, because he had come out in support of uh, Reardon's proposal, and, and now what's he going to say? He did put out a press release about it. I can't really remember what it said. Um, I think Probably it basically, yeah, I think it basically said, "Well, we're gonna, you know, continue to push for this." Um, I think it does. But I mean, not really. They're not actually gonna push to get it on the ballot. Not not that specific proposal, but mm -hmm. push it as an issue to to mm -hmm. talk about. Um, I think it does make it more difficult. It, it does push it more. I mean, this was the LA Times. The LA Times said it will push it more in the background. Anyways, uh, we mentioned the mayor's race. Um, a bunch of uh, Latino leaders came out this week, or was it this week? On Monday, yes, on Monday, in support of guess who? I know who. I'm not even guessing. It's Wendy Gruel. Wendy Gruel. Uh, somewhat interesting. Uh, this is a, uh, well, we should say there's, there's no major Latino candidate. The closest thing to a Latino candidate is Councilman Eric Garcetti. Right, which is whatever. But um, I really, and you know what, I don't know what to make of this. You're a Latina. You don't consider Eric Garcetti to be Latino? I don't consider myself to be Latina. But, oh, there um, you go. But uh, I don't know. I guess it's just another one of these like stories that anybody is grasping at to talk about the mayoral race in any way, shape, or form. But, 
Yeah, good for Wendy Gruel. She got Latino support. I don't really know what it means substantively, like if this is really going to be a big help for her. Um, I do think this is um, semi-significant just because it is kind of counter-programming in a way. Uh, Wendy Gruel's support right now is coming from the kind of whiter, more valley sections of the population. So the fact that she's kind of eating into what should be friendly territory to Garcetti, I think is um, significant, uh, you know, as significant as anything could be uh, right now. City Council, City Council, they're on recess this week. But uh, shortly before they left, they decided to ban one more thing. (laughs) Elephants. 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 Who would want to ban elephants? Well, they don't ban the existence of elephants. That would really be cold-hearted. Is that true? They're not banning the existence of elephants? Thank you for clarifying that. You're welcome. No, so so City Council is taking a stance on circus circus animals and like possibly beyond elephants right uh i believe it's stopping at circus elephants uh, at least the motion that was passed by a committee on friday i think it was or or, no it must have been before thanksgiving so uh, a committee a city council committee adopted a motion that would ban the use of bull hooks uh in 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 circuses um that would mean the end of the annual summer tour of the ringling brothers circus in los angeles so, I mean, just as non-condom porn is going to go to, you know, Orange County, so will the Ringling Brothers and their bull hooks. Not, not to mention uh, plastic bags and, uh, right. and skateboard bombing. Right. You know, it was funny. Um, in, the artic- in one of the articles, it said, you know, the head director, some, some advocacy group, I forget the name of them, Animal Defense something. Yeah. They felt that Los Angeles, you know, supporting this ban was a huge you know, bolstering to their cause. And it made me wonder if, you know, people with national causes that need, like, a big city to ban their thing. I mean, odds are, hit up L.A. Like, they'll get behind your ban. Uh, ADI is also based in L.A., so it seemed like it. So it doesn't quite support my theory, but I'm not, but it doesn't totally discount it either. What's the argument against the ban? Is it just enough with the bands already? Bands, so, you know, you can be mean to elephants, and that's cool. Well, the the circus says we're not mean to them. We're perfectly humane. We've been doing this for a bunch of years, and uh, bugger off. I have to support Eve on one count, though, which is that yes, LA is a bit ban happy, but that doesn't mean we should discount all bands across the board, does it? Yes, it does. Who, who will speak for the elephants if not us? <laughs> uh, good for LA City Council uh, when in two thousand and two. They passed uh, a motion to create a survey of billboards, billboards in Los Angeles, a survey which we finally got a first glimpse of, uh, what was it, a couple weeks ago? This is a big deal, is it not? Talk about it. Yeah, so um, these numbers were finally released after, I don't know how many reporters must have been dogging um, the city to release the number of billboards permitted and unpermitted around the city. And, and, and the numbers finally came out. Uh, so there are uh, just under 6,000 billboards. About a quarter of them, if I have my math right, have, quote, observable violations, which is mostly uh, graffiti. So I couldn't decide if I was thinking that this was, you know, just a, it's a, a sad comment on the state of the IT infrastructure of the city of Los Angeles that they had to sort of pull together an Excel spreadsheet by hand and didn't have any of this automated and they had no way of doing this and it took however many years to put this together. Or if it's just a perfect cover for what seems to be, you know, fairly corrupt practices by the city council who all seem to be in the pocket of various billboard companies. 
Well, I, I, they have perfect cover for one another at the very least. Yeah, I, I think that it's both uh, because, well, the survey was difficult, we should say, um, because they had to go out and look at every single billboard um, and find them and, uh, and then pull the permits, which, uh, you know, there have been billboards erected in the city since 1920. Uh, so these permits are actually in all these different departments. And um, it was a lot of work. Uh, do, do permits never need to be renewed? Is it just one permit from 1920? Apparently they don't need to be renewed, if I'm, if, unless I'm mistaken. Um, uh, but we should say that um, 2002, that's, what, 10 years? Um, that is much longer than it should have taken. And yes, absolutely. Um, I think it's clear that uh, billboard companies like Clear Channel have enormous influence at, at City Hall and have been um, working to stall this, uh, the, 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 the publication of this survey. I mean, how, what are the other things that are like this which that you'd expect the city to keep track of? Like, is parking lots one of them? You the know, parking lots, yeah, sidewalks uh, that need repairs. And... I mean, these are sort of the, the types of things that you'd really expect there to already be a database for. And, and not only that, you'd expect the city to be enforcing uh, certain rules that are on the law books, uh, such as graffiti needs to be cleaned up from billboards and so on and so forth, that they just either don't have the political will to do or don't have the resources to do, or both. It's also actually reminding me of the thing with the foreclosed houses and how this, was the city or the county is supposed to be getting some money from the bank for all these empty foreclosed houses, except there are no inspectors and there's no record of where these houses are. Right. It just seems like, you know, there's a problem with passing laws and then not really being able to enforce them at all. I think that's absolutely right. Uh, we're not collecting all the money that we should be from parking lots uh, and we're not um, repairing sidewalks that we should be. Um, is this all the job of the uh, city controller? And the city controller is supposed to be audits. <laughs> the city controller basically has carte blanche to audit different departments. Um, but once she has made her audit, you know, there's she, she doesn't have the power to enforce. She can't arrest people or anything for yeah. not for not following the law or find them or. Right. So the next step of this, I, I guess, in terms of the broader story is properly taxing these is that where we're going next next round of this? no i don't think that's true at all uh the next they're, they're going to tax uh, or there's some discussion about uh taxing digital signs oh, digital. Uh, in sorry. in exchange for making them legal right um which sort of overruns this court process that's been going on but no there's no proposal at all to um to tax the billboards Wait, why are we only talking about taxing the digital billboards and not these I, I agree. That's a good question. <laughs> I kind of don't understand the big to-do about all of this. About what? About the billboards and their, their their quantity. I mean, I don't I don't have a problem with billboards, and I, I guess you don't I, really. I, I seem to be in the minority here. Yes. There's quite a few of them, if you if you haven't noticed. I don't really mind. <laughs> all right, uh, I like I like that counterintuitive uh, <laughs> that counterintuitive opinions here. Um, all right, let's move on to Owens Lake. Owens Lake. Uh, there was a ba 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 da. Owens Lake. Alex, tell us about Owens Lake. Well, um, Owens Lake was drained or has been drained of its water um, by the L.A. Aqueduct, which was completed almost 100 years ago in 1913. Um, and since that time, the LADWP has uh, had an agreement in place to kind of, not since that time, but following that, the LADWP has, has had an agreement in place with Owens Valley to mitigate huge dust storms that occur in this dry lake area. They've done that by um, putting water back uh, into the lake area. Um, and now 
the Owens, like I forget their like overseeing board area, um, have like kind of extended the boundaries that they say need to be. Uh, well, there was a dispute. There, there was right? a dispute over 2.9 square miles, right. and this is this is relatively a small area since we mitigate for dust on about 45 square miles. So there was an issue of whether or not we had to do this extra 2.9 miles, and the California Air Resources Board recently ruled that DWB has to do the additional 2.9 miles. Yeah, it's a long running. I mean, there have been feuds between uh, the Owens Valley region and the LADWP in the past. I think there have been maybe three, two or three big ones. And um, this is another one that seems to have been resolved in their favor. And apparently the LADWP wasn't really too surprised. I'm not entirely sympathetic to uh, DWP here since we did, you know, destroy a whole community that lived in the Owens River Valley. But I was also wondering how many people is are affected by this fine particulate dust? Because we spent $2 billion uh, mitigating it. Uh, I have here $1.2 Well, in, either way, we, we spent a lot of money. Yeah. And we're going to spend a lot of mo- a lot more money or if, if this uh, goes ahead. And I'm just wondering how many people are really affected by this. and if that It's not that many. Um, but, th- but their response to that is, well, I don't care how many it is. It's your mess. You know, why should my lungs get all screwed up because of you? Yeah, no, I, I, I do. I, again, I'm, I have a hard time yeah. siding with DWP here since we did a, you know, it did a terrible thing, although that terrible thing did allow L.A. to become a city. Which... Well, I'll side with DWP uh, because this is actually our money that's going to mitigate for this. Um, what, what they should have done was they should have uh, poured gravel on the lake bed instead of water because gravel would have been uh, in the short term more expensive, but in the long term much less expensive. Um, We now pour 95,000 acre feet of water every year, which uh, the the head of water at DWP told me uh, one month out of our water bill goes to the operating costs. Uh, Seven or or eight weeks of the total cost, actually. of our water bill goes to this. So, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of money we're spending. At this point, is gravel like a non-starter? Uh, well, it's a real problem, actually, because there's all this water there now. It's basically like this swamp. Mm. So we'd have to drain the swamp, and there's this whole ecosystem that's, that's been built around that. So bird watchers would be up in arms if we tried to get rid of the swamp. Uh, but it's, an, it's definitely an option, but there'd be a ton of lawsuits. Um, right. So uh, last year, uh, we, we, were talk- we were talking earlier about the city council uh, banning things. And, and last year, actually, city council banned um, the sale of of, uh, we should say, crafts, crafts <laughs> on the Venice Beach boardwalk. And um, the Wall Street Journal wrote a little piece about this, checking in with how the enforcement of that is going. Uh, it was a pretty great article, wasn't it? Awesome story. I loved it. Um, you may or may not know that I used to cover arts as my beach, so I love stories like this, especially ones where um, city institutions are forced to decide what constitutes art. In this case, um, sar- one Sergeant Gonzalez, who is the guy that polices uh, Venice, is walking around telling people what they can and cannot sell based on very specific guidelines that he's gotten um, as to what is art. For example, pottery doesn't count as art because it has a utility apart from its artistic message. Uh, yeah, the, the the bill itself basically said you can't sell anything whose primary purpose isn't free expression. Right. And so what I think the coolest thing about this story is that he's kind of saying to people like, I want to stay on Venice, like, don't kick me out. I'm just a bum. And he's like, well, make something <laughs> creative and you can stay. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like giving them ideas yeah, about right. uh, like, well, you know, think, think about this. You work more with wood. Yeah. I just loved it. I, I, I sort of want him to have a TV show and I'd like to watch it every day. 
So uh, one last little story that we should talk about. You know, uh, business reporters are always uh, looking for little stories and anecdotes uh, trying to tell us if the economy is getting better or worse. And so I read this next story, and I couldn't decide if it was a good economic indicator or a bad one. I'm not even gonna go gonna go that far. This is a it's it's a complete PR. Well, tell us what it is. It's oh, I'm sorry. I should say that. Um, these are caviar ATMs, ATMs that dispense caviar. There are three of them around LA: one in Century City, one in Burbank, and one in some other place in malls. West Valley. West Valley. Um, and that's what they do. They dispense like five hundred dollar caviar cans and little. I think you can also get like a little spoon for four dollars. Right. Um, I actually looked on the site and they were $20, but oh, anyway, um, caviar spoons. So this is like kind of also a little stealing from Sprinkles Cupcakes because they have the cupcake ATM. And so but they don't have caviar on their cupcakes. That's true. It's a totally different food. However, the dispensing technique is the same. Well, uh, our listeners should go out and uh, try some of this caviar and, and tell us if it's good or not. The thing that I found most offensive about all of this is that they have caviar for your pet that they sell on this vending machine, which is just disgusting. And at first I was like, oh, I, I kind of get behind this. It's, you know, democratizing caviar consumption, you know, bring it to the young people. But for your pet, I, I can't get behind that. Well, maybe uh, city council should give caviar to the elephants. Maybe, maybe they would maybe ban caviar for your pets. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they're thinking about it right now. Um, that's going to do it for us. Uh, many thanks to our special guest, Eve. Uh, you'll have to come back sometime when you're feeling a little better. And um, Alex, thank you so much for uh, making the long journey. And to you, the listener, we will see you next week. Bye.